commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core world news. You may fire when ready. From the bright end of the galaxy, I'm Grace Condor, and you're listening to Core World News. Your holiday news service providing in-depth coverage of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, a new segment rundown for March 4th, 2022. Starlight Beacon Bulletin. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, the news. All right, thank you very much, Grex. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. Gentlemen, great to see you. Grant, Adam, good to see you guys. See you guys. Good to um, see you. Let's sums. party. We've, um, we have neglected our duty as Core World News in bringing you the news the past, I don't know, nine weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to... That is the little... review I keep on seeing. It's like, you guys say you're a news podcast, but you don't do any news. <laughs> They're not wrong. They're, They're not wrong. wrong. They're really also, not. I will I will say for argument's sake, not a lot of news dues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really I don't feel that bad about it because it's really just sort of with the news, of, the dues, the numbers. News like, you know? like we don't do a lot of news because there's not a lot of news. Yeah. A lot of rumors. Yeah. Well it's sort of it's yeah, it, if we, it's if we start, acted on rumors, like that would be another story, but we don't I know we don't do that. Sometimes we do, but it has to has to be a juicy, juicy rumor. Um maybe we'll get into some of that. Anywho uh let's cover with some news there's there's a bunch of news stories i think we've all sort of heard the things um in various corners um i'm going to start with one randomly uh star wars eclipse video game video game um that had a an excellent excellent trailer come out weeks ago um has announced uh winally that um they are having trouble hiring people and they don't the they don't think mm. it'll be released. The game will be not be released till 2027 or 2028. <laughs> uh, that so. makes sense because those games really do focus on the minutia, like quantic yeah. games, because it's like it's press X to play the drum, you know, like search underneath yeah. the drum for hidden message. Message leads you yes. to spaceport, docking bay, talk to this, you know, like character. Swipe, swipe D-pad yeah. Yeah, to exactly. the right and up to open door. Yeah, yeah, that's literally something be, you had to do in hard rain. It's a very involved game, I bet. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I make a point? Imagine if they said, here's nope. a preview for a movie. It's not coming out for five years. Right. Yeah. Don't release the trailer. Sorry. Just don't. Yeah. I mean, it's soul crushing how long it takes to make these video games. I mean, I understand it. They're amazing. Yeah, it's like building a feature of like 90 hour feature film, like one pixel at a time. It's it's a, yep. a Herculean effort. Um. I was actually talking to Rocket Dell the other day and he was saying, you know, Quantic Dream like notoriously has small crews that they, they work with small crews. And so they're more it's a more boutique sort of style was his positive spin on this. Yeah. Um, the other spin on it is that they've had um, more and more like, you know, there's they've been sort of riddled with controversy, um, mm-hmm. sexual harassment allegations, allegations of toxic work culture, which is rampant mm-hmm. throughout the video game you know, industry. And you know, that's not going to make it a very attractive place to work. There's, you know, it like, you know, three months ago, they were looking to hire 60 people in Paris. Um, and then like just this past week, they're hiring, looking to hire 67 people in Paris. So it's like, yeah. so they lost yeah. seven. <laughs> right. Exactly. Great. That's they're, some tough math. Yeah. I mean, not really good early returns on yeah. how this is done. I mean, I think we're in a period of 
an inflection point as far as workplace fairness. Um, well, and especially though. in gaming, like this, yeah. as you mentioned, Ben, it's notorious. And so I just want to make it clear. Part of me is not saying get the game out faster. I 100 percent understand. I am fine that they're yes. working on a game that will not come out for five years. But please don't release a trailer until you're at least a couple of years out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right? it's it's I'll, th the chance that it's in five years, I'm going to even remember I saw that trailer is nil. I yeah, thought that I'm trailer to be alive was... in five years. Right. I thought that trailer was money. I, I love that trailer. guys. Oh, it's great. It's great. I'd love to play that game. I will try to remember it exists in five years. Yeah, it was cool, though, because it was High Republic era. Correct. Yeah. So it was yeah. new galaxy, basically. <sighs> so and it was a very it was a, almost like a live action depiction of that. Yeah, I thought okay. it was like a fun direction to go. And then I yeah. thought it generated hype for the brand. Oh, and 100%. Even if the game's not going to come out for five years, it generated hype, in my opinion. I thought it was pretty bad. Well, let me ask you another maybe controversial question. <laughs> Let's start with controversy today. Let me not controversial is overstating what I'm about to say. So we just finished phase one of three phases in the High Republic. Yep. Right? We are going to finish up the third phase probably in two to three years. So by the time this game comes out, theoretically, the entire storytelling has happened within the higher public era. Like, like it just seems like a, a weird and again, it's workflow. We know what's going on, but it just seems odd, right, to, to release a game in an era that we might be somewhat done storytelling. I mean, I guess we have I guess we have Accolade coming out, right, which is probably going to be a longer series. Maybe. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. You know, I'm I think that's an excellent that's an excellent point, Adam. Um, I want to make another point is that, you know, I, I had the very sort of snarky and bad attitude. Uh, there's only one game title for our video game segment. Okay. But Are now we literally have. Well, I don't know. I'd have to create a new one for there's actually no games. Yeah. Like there's there's zero active. <laughs> ben games. is upset. Do you hear that, people? Do you well, hear why this I miss right this, now? Ben? Yeah. yeah. We've been so hopeful for the past two years. Yeah. I mean, but like how? It's just like, do you hate money? Like you're Disney. <laughs> I, I will like, say, just make games. They don't have to be like the, the best games ever, but one probably is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm about to. Well, actually, you. Okay, please. We, we are about to get this the Lego Skywalker saga coming doesn't out. Doesn't count. That doesn't, <laughs> no, if if my main character has like rivets on the top of his head, it's not a thing. That's I I will I will say I think what you're arguing is if it's not canon, it don't it doesn't count. Exactly. What about squadrons, Ben? Like that was not active. Recent. Yeah. Active. You know, I, you know, have they been releasing updates? Like, no. just a, EA is a colossal disappointment. You know what Star Wars needs is just like uh, almost games? like a prod. They need games. No, a sort of like <laughs> burnout or like Project Cars, like sure. or, or Forza. You get like the entire galaxy, yep. basically. Sure. And you can just port around. You can just uh, hy go hyperspace around the different star systems and you're in a starship like maybe you don't get to like walk around in the cities but it's more of just like exploring the galaxy like that's that's all that that we so everyone would play that game there are actively still servers running star wars galaxy yeah and i am actively thinking about buying a pc I'm not owned in a while <laughs> just so i can play star wars galaxies again that's how hard up I feel for Star Wars games. Exactly. And that's that's the thing is like they don't understand the need for quantity. And I mean, well, they really pigeonhole themselves by giving exclusive access to EA because they don't have the manpower, I think, to make multiple games. And 
Yeah. Uh, you, they can only focus on one title at a time. Plus, they're making other titles outside of Star Wars, which is like, no, no. If you're going to give someone like exclusive access, they should just be making Star Wars games. I don't. I'm surprised there isn't a Clone Wars game. Like, yeah, that's amazing to me that they haven't created a yeah. Clone Wars game that's basically the entire spans the entire Clone Wars, and it's like Battlefront level fidelity. And you play as Jedi. You play as a trooper on the ground. You experience yeah. all those wars, all those battles, but it's chronological. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's, to me, that's and highly customizable clone troopers, droids, what have, what have you. Yeah. That'll be fun. Again, I mean, but it does take a long time to make these games, but it's like, you know, if I was doing that, like every six months, I would have started a new group on like a new game, you know, for the first five years that I was doing this. And just but we are getting Fallen this. Order 2. That is in development. And I, yeah, probably not for a couple of years at least. I think they were hoping uh, the end of this year. Oh, really? Was, was when it was going to be out. I there. hope Marin is a playable character. Yeah, that, uh, too. Death yeah. Yeah, character. yeah, yeah, my favorite character. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. yeah, Marin be great. Um, I okay. might do another replay of that game. I, I, I plot, I because she it, was so play iconic. I, I actually, Zepho, the soundtrack on Zepho, yeah. wow, yeah, like, whoo. It's like some of the best music I've heard produced for Star Wars, even over some of the films. Just yep. that, just the Zepho sort of theme. That game was outstanding. I think that, you know, I played the heck out of uh, uh, Battlefront 2, but um, I did two, maybe three playthroughs of uh, Fallen mm. Order. And um, it's a beautiful game. It was a lot of fun, you know. Okay, so we got one in 10 years. Like, now 12 Dude, going where is the 12. boba fett game at this point where's the triple a boba fett yeah just like dust off like one you know <laughs> like honestly they don't really get it it doesn't matter like it doesn't need to be a triple a game to make the the fan base super excited they're like okay we're just gonna pay these people to finish their game 13 13 and like yep. you're gonna get it and it's like you know it looks the way it looks um it, it, people would be ecstatic yeah literally created a game mechanic within the first season of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like they created a system of missions and payment yep. and upgrades like that yeah. happened in season one of the Mandalorian. Just make that a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to play that game. Grogu yeah. is your companion. You find it. like you can create such a compelling Star Wars story and use all the elements, you know, all the pillars that we discuss on this oh, yeah. podcast and, and it, just it, create an, a fantastic single player triple a experience right and it doesn't need to tie in the big characters like you i mean you can nope. you know go to a starport and see like han solo and chewbacca there or the millennium falcon or something if you wanted to really tie it in but like yeah give me a man a almost, different mandalorian bounty hunter or like um a bounty hunter that you just you like you said customize to look like whatever um you know, it could be anything. You can be but a witch. The best part about Star Wars Galaxies and you know, like Jedi Academy and those with those online, yeah, kind of custom server, sort of like RP server type stuff. It's like the best part about those games is that there's the there's the downtime. There's like the like cantina moments. There's like the talking to people who are just like mm -hmm. regular NPCs. And I think like Fallen Order was just a lot of action. And I think. Yep. What we want is a more laid back galaxy where you just get to explore it. And it's like the Galactic Star Cruiser, you know, but it's in video game format. You're getting to explore every nook and cranny of the galaxy. Yeah, that's, that's some of my favorite want. stuff. I that's think we all love that. 
Yeah. Speaking of the Galactic Star Cruiser, Adam, do you have? Um, I, I know you've been wanting to talk what about a this. What a segue! For a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what's been happening recently with the Galactic Star Cruiser? In case people forget, that's the that's the Star Wars Hotel. Though, from whatever the reviews, we probably shouldn't call it that. But it's the live interactive experience that's connected to Disney World. Um, and Disneyland? I can't remember if it's a both, but it's definitely a Disney World. Um, and Disney World, I believe. I think so, right? I don't yes. think it's a, I don't think it's in Disneyland yet. So, um, what's what's kind of new about this is we know they released a video a couple of months ago that uh, did not was not received well by <laughs> most people. It was uh, in air quotes immediately taken yes, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then but what's happened in the past week is they started to it's not I don't think it's officially opened yet or I think the first cruises have started but prior to this they did a basically opening it up to um reviewers and so they have people coming in writing up reviews and a couple of things to note about that which I, I enjoy is that um Disney did not pay people to take this cruise nor did they ask them to pay but everyone who was on it they asked them to um Instead of paying, they asked them to give $1,000 to a charity. So that was kind of a nice little moment. So all the reviewers were asked to donate. Um, and so there's a lot of think pieces right now. Um, so as you can probably imagine in the internet, that's chaos. <laughs> be careful where you click. But I thought it might be fun to kind of talk a bit about what the first impressions of this is. And one thing to note is that the reviewers did not get to experience the full 48 hours of immersion. Um, I think they were brought on for six hours. So they're kind of given a, you know, really like, you know, spend a half an hour in what your room looks like, you know, go do this experience, go do that experience. But they weren't given the full like two day experience. Um, but a lot of really interesting It'll be wild stuff if they blindfold yeah. you and take you in vans to like another facility somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's <laughs> the, like yeah, I would love that. illegal. <laughs> Well, the one question I haven't been I haven't seen answer. You don't understand immersion. You don't understand. <laughs> well, I think they're really trying hard escape on the full pods. immersion stuff. Escape pods. Yeah. You get an escape pod, you fire off. Oh, guys, there's we can really expand this. But but Grant, yes. I don't think you're actually far off from what you're actually proposing in terms of from what, what I've heard, doing, the immersion right? from the from the hotel to galaxy's edge is pretty immersive. And I will say from being on rise of the resistance, that is fully immersive in that. Like, as I talked about way back when, when I got back from it, like the lines, the cues are immersive. And so that there's moments where you're just basically waiting, taking an elevator and waiting on another group to go in front of you. And you're seeing view screens and you're flying through space. Right. So like, I think they are really trying to get that done that once you enter that building, you do not exit Star Wars right. for 48 hours. That's what um, I want. I want sensory overload. Just like you know, it'd be wild if there was like one Pirates of the Caribbean sort of animatronic character that like comes out on a raised platform you can't get to. And then Kylo can like choke that character out and like throw him away. And then you're like, yeah. oh my god, everyone run. <laughs> well, you can be invited to use the force with a character. Uh, that you do. Uh, uh, there's a character who is a who is a uh, who is a knight of the or, or a relative or a uh, descendant of the wills of the knights of the wills, 
uh, and you can do force levitation. Apparently, they have something where you practice, and it's fully like clearly someone's watching what you're doing, but actually like makes you feel like you're actually lifting something using the force. Sure. Like it, okay. it, from what I've I'll read from yeah, I love that sort of off-brand Jedi. I love that idea. Yeah, let's follow exactly. the off-brand Jedi. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the thing that to mention. This is right now the price tag, and the starting price tag is five to six thousand dollars, and that's for a very simple queen bed and two bunk beds, which are not comfortable from what I've heard from the reviews. Um, for a very small room, um, and the if you want a better room, I call the top bunk. It's if you want the bedroom, it's around twenty thousand dollars. They're like twenty thousand dollar cabins, apparently, which I don't know what those look like. Oh my god! Um, I better get like yeah, <laughs> like I better get my own rancor if that happens. right. Yeah, I get to ride a rancor. <laughs> but here's so I read, I was reading some reviews of this, and here's the weirdest thing. So it's five me? to six thousand dollars all in, which is a ridiculous amount of money. Like I'm not even going to begin to start trying to justify that amount of money, though I would 100% pay that amount of money for this. But I am a Star Wars nerd who hosts a weekly Star Wars podcast. So no blank that I would pay that amount. I would I have I have like credit cards that I would split that between to, to do that tomorrow. But the the thing that's funny to me is that there's a cafeteria or not a cafeteria, but there's like a dining room that you go to because they treat it like a cruise. Right. And it's free. The, the food's included. Uh, alcoholic drinks are not. However, there is blue and uh, and green milk that you can drink. All you can drink. And by the way, with how much that costs in Star Wars land, I could make back $100 a sitting very quickly. Um, but right. when you go to the <laughs> when you go to the ca- you can you can pay to cost. you can pay to sit at the captain's table like you would at a cruise. Oh. Guess how much it costs to do that. Ten thousand dollars. You are way off. Way too high. Okay, good. A thousand dollars. Way too high. Two hundred dollars. Way too high. Fifty bucks. You're almost there. Still high. Still high. Twenty bucks. Thirty bucks. Thirty bucks. So it's the weirdest thing. Like you are spending six thousand dollars, and there's like a thirty dollar upcharge. And who would not say, "No, I can't. I can't do that." I, I like. It's so weird. Captain better have I, a big well, table. No, but they, you're good. You're good. It's weird. There's also like you can get like premiere, like you can get like professional, professional like pictures taken throughout the cruise for an extra hundred dollars. It's just so weird. These weird little upcharges, which are just like, A, why are you nickel and diming? And B, yeah. why would you question about being nickeled and dimed after spending six thousand dollars? It's such a weird. But the one thing I heard was that the point. viewports, like your cabin viewport in your room, the, the window. Yeah. What have you? Yeah. To space. Yeah. It, uh, I've heard that it sort of has like this squeeze, like anamorphic squeeze effect. Mm. It's sort of like, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's highly noticeable and it doesn't feel like. like that can yeah. Be, that can be fixed. There's totally. no verisimilitude, really. I've heard competing statements about that because I read the same thing you did, Grant, and there were others who said, who are like people who are like from the New York Times and other people who don't need to be like, you know, Real getting actually, clicks yeah. um, who loved it in space. And this does not look like. Yeah. Space. So it's just weird. Like, I don't know if some weren't working or if they haven't quite figured it out. It's really interesting. Like in your room. You Wait, can... $20,000 yeah. suites. Do they have a bigger? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's in those suites. They come with. Journal- has there been has a journalist been in that space? No, I think they put them all in the the, the steerage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, they're like in near the escape pods. They're in like the yeah. underbelly of the hull. Like the... But like I will say like the TV is apparently in Galaxy in the room or the view screen so that like it's like local channels basically. Yeah. And that there's actually a droid that you can interact with on the screen that is like just has like a certain number of things. You can ask it questions that respond to you. All right. Is there a protocol droid walking around the ship? I don't know about protocol droids. There are R2s. The immersion if there so was not the, the other thing I'll say, Grant, is you mentioned animatronics earlier. Um, I, there is a Rodian um, who works there, who walks around, whose face, whose mask is fully animatronic. So you interact with her completely. Like she just walks and has an animatronic face and that you can right. walk to. Like it is, from what I've read, one of the highlights is the immersion part is amazing. The staff who works there are fully trained. Like when you go to Galaxy's Edge, like like, like when I went to Galaxy's Edge, some some of the people who worked there bought in some didn't you could kind of right. feel it but apparently like this is the cream of the crop of the people like to get to work on the galactic star cruiser you're basically an actor like yeah, you're basically like off broadway sort of actor. yeah like they it's fully immersive like and and the other thing is remember when i talked about galaxy's edge how you have that data pad or you can use your phone in terms of your data pad apparently once you walk onto the galactic star cruiser you every single person is handed a data pad hey hmm. can you get a phone case that's like basically makes your phone a data pad Probably. I didn't see it at Galaxy's Edge, but I if 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 they can brand it, it wouldn't they fit will in your pocket it. at that point though. No. But like that's the thing. Like you you are it is like I, I will say again, I do not have five to six thousand dollars to burn on this. Uh but after going to Galaxy's Edge and like if you buy into Galaxy's Edge, like if you throw yourself into the immersion, it's so much fun. And that's what I heard from this, like if you're willing like in most places, Adam would feel like this is a nightmare scenario. Like, I do right. not like. Wait, do first first order do come aboard? Yeah. The yep. Starkers. Yep. There's a general Hux like character that you can interact with. Chewie shows up at some point. There is an apparently it, it all caps off. Spoiler alert. So it was an amazing battle, live battle between Ray and Kylo. Mm. With a fully igniting lightsaber. Meaning like it's not just. Like right. it actually just, you know, like a lightsaber would. Like there's no tube there that actually just ignites and they fight. And it's fully choreographed and it's supposed to be spectacular. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board. Yeah. That seems yeah. like it's it's a show then. That's a yep. theatrical experience. Basically. You are in a 48-hour play where it's like cats. Like they come out and they thrust their groids in your face for 48 hours. That's what this is. <laughs> Perfect. So there's helmet polishers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a real thing. I mean, for twenty thousand yeah. dollars, I want helmet polishers. I mean, yeah, wait, no, the twenty thousand dollars suite sounds like that might yeah. be something special. You could split that with your friends for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would do well, that just for, like we'd get more friends and then just like crash in that thing. I don't know if they'd. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the seating is on that. I will say, if the three of us, I mean, our Guavian Death Gang suits wouldn't like might not go over well, honestly. I think I might be a uh, a cultist of the central isopter. Actually, there you go. Yeah, I love it. Just slowly, sort of like walk <laughs> just to the room. Skulk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I wouldn't have to interact with anyone. I would just like be like, you know, we're all gonna die. Like that's that would be my whole in. Actually, no. I would just dress up as Bespin Luke if that's allowed. Because that's kind of low key. It's like doesn't even feel yeah. like Star Wars. And that's what a lot of people like. Jump if through. you look at it, they fully encourage that. You they actually do sell um outfits you can purchase before going on there that are in universe that are like a couple of them i looked at like i, I think i told you carly bought a like princess leia or a, a ray like a uh, sweater 
yeah. Galaxy's Edge that she just has been wearing to teach at school. Like it's that nice. like it's just great and it just works. Like you can buy that stuff. It's not cheap. It's not crazy expensive. Again, everything's relative. We're talking about five to six thousand dollars. But like I looked at a couple of those outfits where I'm like, I would 100 percent buy that and cosplay in that thing. Like I would feel very comfortable in that. So they're doing that. They also have in they haven't pr- figured out the pricing yet, but they do have in like you can go get makeup and stuff done. Like you can get your hair done in Star Wars where you can get makeup done and stuff. So you can do that in there before you get on there if you want to like fully cosplay. From what I read, if you read a couple of like downsides is that uh, I heard brutalist architect uh, architecture mentioned a few times in the reviews. Like apparently in the hallways and stuff, it's it's not like it's not as nice looking as you would want. Like I don't know if they're going to update well, that I, or just I like kind brutalism, of, but that's okay. well. There you go, and that's probably a big fan of brutalism. Yeah, but like but, I don't think they're necessarily using it in the term they think they're using it. I think they just mean nothing. Um, yeah. And <laughs> the other thing is like unless you're willing to be fully immersed in it. Like, this is not a cruise. This is not a hotel. Like, you have an itinerary that you, you're yes. going to wake up and be in Star Wars. This is a 48-hour ride. Yeah, exactly. I had the thought when I was reading this over going, how do I sleep? Right. Or would I just try to stay awake for 48 hours? Because I feel Can like I'd be sitting sp- in bed playing on the... When like, are you waking up? So like, do you, when, you, when is your phone getting pinged? I don't know. That's a, good, that's a good question. I didn't really day? get into that. Because, again, they didn't do the... Um, they didn't allow they hadn't been doing the full like itinerary that gave them to them but i didn't see the, the times you gotta figure you're that going to, you gotta figure because it's like, kids you're probably going to bed at nine singing like a nursery rhyme to you as you like go to sleep oh god i wish <laughs> the guy whose mouth is on the top of his head by the way that's oh, yeah. he's, nightmare he's fuel literally my favorite alien um yeah i don't i don't know like, it's not 24 hours. Like, I don't think you wander down to the buffet in the middle of the night, which they got to change that. Um, but they do have a Sabacc tournament. So you get to learn how to play Sabacc and, yeah. like, you play I mean, everyone. I want to close that bar just to see what happens when yeah. it closes. You know, yeah. or I want to see what happens after hours in, in mm-hmm. all of the bars. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, Wait, how big is the food, like, dining area and the bar and all that kind of stuff is there there multiple bars or there multiple dining areas there's like a i think there's one main diamond dining area and i'm trying to think because there's a hundred cabins in this thing so that has to that has to fit between 400 people they must be doing they must be doing seatings right like my guess is they probably seat 100 people at a time and they must have like my guess is your itinerary does not how match. is this safe for covid if there's like if it's so enclosed oh. and it's sort of so like that's the whole thing the that's, whole thing that's, that's, that's the 10 million dollar question i got nothing for you there is it say i don't know if they're requiring there's probably tests. a lot of ventilation there's probably a lot of air i would as well it's probably well ventilated but i'm, I'm just i'm just yeah. saying it's it's enclosed because it's trying to keep up this immersive experience it's very I'm just wondering how that does with you know certain yeah, it's I'm not like you can go step out onto a balcony. I, you no. said there were some outdoor areas, right? No, 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 no nothing. You're in your it's, yeah, and that's another one of the major critiques is like if you suffer from claustrophobia, mm. there are areas like there's like when you come in and when you're in the in the in the dining room, it's very open, and in your room, the window can probably be enough for most people. But when you're going down the hallways, people are like, it is, it feels like claustrophobic right. at times. Yeah, so I know that's why I might want to custom myself a uh, mask. So I could wear a mask under my mask. Yeah. Wear like your man. Can I wear my Mandalorian helmet too? I don't, I don't know. I bet you, you can, they don't let you do that in the parks, but I'm guessing I'm wondering here once they figure out kind of who everyone is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they wouldn't let you do that. You're going to need that thing polished. Grant. Yeah. I shall I'll take it off to get polished, but then 
you know, I'll put it back I, on yeah, as I walk through the on. corridors because the corridors will make me feel claustrophobic. I I read I might as well yeah. just have my helmet on. Yeah, if you're gonna feel claustrophobic, you might as well yeah. be a character. <laughs> I I read one reviewer who mentioned that like so they drop you off much like a cruise at Galaxy's Edge, like you get a day day past the Galaxy's Edge. The other thing I found out is you do get the Lightning Lane pass to both rides. So remember when I was stuck online for four hours at Rides oh, right, Resistance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, here's a quick fix. Your five to six thousand dollar ticket buys you a quick quick walk on to those rides. <laughs> Which is great. Um, but apparently you can just because of the way Galaxy's Edge is formatted, you can just walk out to the other parts of the park. And she talked about doing that and being upset that it didn't give you fast pass to all the other rides. And I was yelling at my iPad, like, but why are you going into Toys Land? That breaks it. That breaks the immersion. Like, what, what right. are you doing? Like it's Star Wars. Stay in Star Wars land. Right. All right. Well, we've we've talked enough about this. How about some Shad and Fred? um gina carano uh what's her name's fame um she uh i'm sorry what what was her character i'm cara dune cara dune yeah cara dune infamy uh yeah she recently tweeted best performance in all of mandalorian season one and two (laughs) i think spectacular performance like one of the most well acted screen presence uh, you know undeniable screen presence yes uh well, I feel like I gave her the benefit of the doubt because I wanted her character to work because I liked her character a lot. Um, anyways, in um, real world, she tweeted that the Ukrainian war is a conspiracy to take attention away from COVID. I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's just that she'll never know how dumb she is. Anyways, that just happened. So I think that sort of validates in case, yeah. you, you know, the anti-Semitism didn't really get you like that. You know, that got me. That was kind of I was good enough yeah. there. And and now the anyway, I mean, I don't even know. Wait, I, first I just... of all, like, was it was was Cara Dune ever like a great character? Like, it was an interesting character. I thought I, to yeah. be honest, I, I will understand. A great character, but I guess just her performance, I thought was just. I, I, I so that was, was that sarcasm, it. Grant, that you were saying before. I, oh, I thought you were just being one hundred. Yeah. We know who's the better actor. Uh, so what <laughs> yeah, I was you're say a better is, actor than Carrie. I, I, I gave like, her. Okay, I, I will, was... as as a person who is especially offended by what she said. Well, by everything she said, but the anti-Semitism in particular. Uh, I will say that, like, I gave her the benefit of doubt before she went completely bonkers. I was fine with her. I didn't think she was great. I thought she was fine in the Star Wars. I would have been fine with her part of something. I thought it was a really interesting character. Uh, it's the same. It's a shame that she uh, is not dealing with her mental illness, and it's a shame that she's getting sucked into these conspiracy theories. Um, I wish her the best of luck. I hope that she gets the treatment that she needs, uh, and that she uses her influence for better things than. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna make you bleep this, Ben. But sitting on the graves of children. <clears throat> yeah, it, it just feels a lot like, like cruelty, like just. This alt-right and sort of right, right-leaning parties in our day and age just are, to me, there's just a cruelty there. Leads to hatred, leads to anger, leads to the dark side. Exactly. So just, yep. we don't deal with it on this podcast. Yeah, um, fare thee well, Gina Carano. Um, oh, all right, uh, there's a new novel that was announced, and I know, Grant, you're going to really like this one. Um, it is titled Padawan. Oh, Padawan. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm looking uh, forward to Brotherhood. That is the novel. Okay. What's Brotherhood? I'm not familiar with that one. It's the tales of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Thank you. Oh, okay. Because this is the tales of Obi-Wan and, and uh, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, 
taking place before Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. Um, Kirsten White's going to be the author for Padawan, and it's coming out on uh, July 26, 2022. I yeah. loved Master and Apprentice, but the character of Rail Avaros mm-hmm. like, stole the, the, the scene for me, and I couldn't yeah. even focus on, Obi- on Qui-Gon and <laughs> Obi-Wan, <laughs> Obi-Wan anymore. I was obsessed with that character. Yeah. Real Everest is great. So, anyways, um, that'll be cool. I, I, I love these stories. I love the Anakin and Obi Wan stories, and obviously, too. more Qui Gon, yeah. um, and young Obi Wan. I mean, again, this is one of the reasons why I really like Phantom Menace. I, 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 my whole like, just the joy and that I, I had when I first saw Phantom Menace, and I saw young Obi Wan and Qui Gon fighting their way through, you know, a droid command ship. I was just like, this is, yeah, I, I. I just love it. And yeah, so, uh, Phantom Menace ranks. I think, I I think I have it at five in my yeah, ranking. Yeah. Like it's right right behind Rogue One. I get that. And that's yeah. after the original trilogy. And Phantom Menace to me is that opening of Phantom Menace with Qui Gon and Obi Wan was just a new flavor of Jedi and Star Wars, and uh, it was just it felt like a new world. And I'm I'm waiting for that feeling again, basically of just a new environment. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I just is Phantom I, Menace is four for you, Grant. Woo. Is it four? Yeah, four. Yeah, I, I, the opening has a lot to do. It's, it's a lot to do with Obi Wan and Qui Gon. Honestly, I I love. I just as a side note, I love as a person who loves all Star Wars movies. I love seeing people's rankings, especially ones that are wildly different than mine. Because I'm like, oh, I get that. Like, I've never seen a ranking that I don't understand. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. like I just there's there's so much love, but I will say like I I. It is fun to see them starting to feel comfortable telling stories in this era again. I think a lot of them, I think a lot of it was debating, like, how much of the old EU do we bring back? Do we recanonize or we just do we Do we just allow to, to tell stories or parallel stories? So I'm glad we're getting more stuff because you know what? You know what's fun about Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon? There's not there's no Anakin chosen one baggage with that. Yep. They're agree. just sort of Jedi that yeah, just yeah. operate together it's, in this sort of wonderful connected relationship and I, without me, any that's knowledge beautiful to me yeah. that's like a, a, a wonderful thing to see on screen that baggage yeah. is a perfect line because they yeah. they're also just like they're doing it without and there's also this like there's there's the the train i was gonna say the light at the end of the tunnel but it's more the train bearing down on them that they're not realizing is there right like they don't know right. how important they're going to be in galactic history right yeah that's what's so compelling about it. Yeah, and it has the star power in the you know canon of Star Wars and the, the pantheon of Star Wars. And the, I mean, they're two of my favorite characters of Star Wars of all of all time. Um, and just see them, their interaction. So it's just for me pure. Yeah, like that interaction. I think Qui Gon Obi Wan interaction is. I think that's what we're looking forward to in Deborah Chow's like uh, Kenobi. Yeah. Like I think we want. Yeah. I think we all want to see. Qui-Gon, you know, force ghosts appear in the sand, the particles of the sand kind of creating. Yeah. Qui-Gon well, or something. Based on this week's rumors, we're going to get it. Um, any any rumor? Oh, there are rumors about Qui-Gon now? Yeah. Yeah. Good. I mean, we announced that, what, like 106 episodes ago, but cool. Yeah. yeah. Probably the same day they announced a Qui-Gon or an Obi-Wan show. <laughs> Obi-Wan series, yeah. yeah. I think we were just like, yeah, it's Liam Mason. that's that's yeah that was a quote actually that was a sound buzz in i just put in 
Um, any other news stories that you all have that I missed? I'm sure there are some rumors, things you want to talk do, about. We do John Watts is coming to Star Wars. Uh, no, we oh, don't. Bro. John Watts. Is, is that more rumor or is that news? Unclear. I think it's. I think it seems to have reach the topper top echelons of the second tier news sites which usually means it's true does that make sense like yeah seems credible enough uh yeah you know what i was thinking i think i really do think at the end of the day like a padawan show is the show like i want to see a character with a braid as the main character just going through jedi life like there's something about that that's so pure that's so lucas i feel like yeah well, and he's really, I mean, I mean, if you look at the Spider-Man movies, he's good at, he's pretty adept at making, you know, 30 year olds feel like they're, you know, teenagers, but I, I you know, all joking aside, I think he does do well, <laughs> yes. he does do well tapping into that, that age group. Right. So I think a Padawan show would be perfect for him. Yeah. We'll see. It's allegedly a John Favreau produced series and it says that he's in talks to, he's in talks uh, to direct at least one episode. Um, I mean, seems like a lot of star power for one episode, but again, you well, know, got Peyton a Reed, of, Peyton Reed, right, like, came yeah. in. but it's, it's odd, you know, I mean, part of it, like not to bring it back to Boba Fett again, but I feel like, I think I was expecting more from Boba Fett and I don't mean this in a bad way. I just meant like looking back to what we were expecting is that Robert Rodriguez was actually going to write more of it and do more of it. And it seems like yeah. John Favreau is just writes everything. Yeah. I, I think he had a lot in his back pocket and yeah. they're just like, yep, that was good. That was good. Great. Yeah. yeah Cause Boba Fett to me is a completely different show. Like it's, yeah. it's, we're going to Narshada, we're going to Nel Hutta, We're dealing with like unknown ciphers. that are like part of these criminal syndicates that we have to, un, you know, unveil their identities and, you know, take out their, that mob, whatever, like just sort of gangster like story. Like that's just, to me, that's always what Boba Fett was. He yeah. was in the gutter. That character was like deep in the bounty hunter, like in the hive, you know, of scum and villainy. I feel like that character was he his hands. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. And yeah, I, honestly, I mean, listen, I loved the show we got, but Grant, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I want him helmet on, all of this. skulking yeah. around like you know, hunting bounties or like neon lighting, double cross. Like, Rubbing shoulders with Bosk and Forlom and other like famous bounty hunters and Dirge or whatever. No, like fighting Bosk for like an entire episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Nonstop, you know, like born identity, born supremacy. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's feature Bosk. film money that they'd need to do that. And so. Well, this... Bosk can like throw Boba Fett through a wall. Like it can get really yeah. intense. Like, I don't know. Like you can do some crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. No, it just seems weird that they just went. I mean, essentially it's seven along is a seven episode, seven samurai with Boba Fett as the main character, which is like, yeah, everything is sort of seven samurai. And I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about yeah. defending yeah. the locals and, but yeah, I, I right now in the world, I, I, under, I actually am glad that Star Wars is a proponent of sort of like fighting off fascist, you know. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I agree. Like imperialistic forces. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. Um, I like that there's a lot of stories that stand for that, but it's almost like certain characters call for just weird, I think, like uh, organic storylines that are sometimes right. not, they're not the ones that are executed. They're just kind of, they're executing. Yeah. Classic great stories that we, we yeah. that are important. 
I think it's interesting. I feel like we're entering, you know, we had two, actually three seasons, seasons of John Favreau back to back to back. Right. And now we are starting to re- being reminded that we're getting a lot of other Star Wars shows that's not within the Mandoverse. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see that we're getting a, we're going to have an Andor show, an Obi-Wan show, an Accolade show, a Lando show, maybe, you know, we're going to get all these other things that. Wait, the Lando show set. This seems like it would be the most successful show. I would think so, but but like, I, we've also Glover heard the least about it. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. if that's happening. Are you kidding me? That's gonna be yeah. that would be the best show. That would rule. Talking like I, full synthwave, vaporwave, like Lando Calrissian show. Like, I think yeah. never look back. No one would watch yeah. anything else. Yeah. I agree. I think ideally, what I'm hoping for in Star Wars is that we get one Mandoverse show. One non-Mandoverse show, one Mandoverse show, one non-Mandoverse, like that kind of back to back where it's just like a little bit of a palate cleanser, because I think if there's something between Mando season two and Boba Fett. Yeah, I would have maybe felt a little like, again, I liked Boba Fett. I'm not anti-Boba Fett. I just feel like I would have been it would have been better to have been a palate cleanser. Yeah, it was really just another Mandalorian uh, season, which is that's what's tough. That's what it feels like. It's like. It feels like it's like, I don't know, like trial period or like experimental sort of like like um, serial formatting for mm-hmm. Star Wars storytelling. And I feel like I feel like uh, we need to really take our time with these series and like the series almost has to come come to a really important catharsis that tells us something like when, when they set up Django flashbacks in the beginning of Bo- Book of Boba Fett, I'm like, well, we better see a payoff for these. Like, right. we, like, like if you want to go dig deep on Boba Fett right now, like let's dig deep. I'm here for you, but like, let's mm-hmm. get, let's get to that resolve. And I'm sure we will in other seasons of the show, but I feel like that was, that was like something I was really hoping there'd be a payoff for. I know I would have liked to seen like how he got his like Mandalorian or the uh, Mythosaur crest and his other, you know, the yeah. leaf on his thing and him spray painting his dad's armor. You know, I could have sworn in the show that Mando was going to drop the Darksaber and Bobo was going to snatch it up and be like better with it than anyone. Yeah. And, yeah. and then it's like and then dangerous. Gra- that's dangerous grounds for maybe the next Mandalore or him wanting yeah. the mantle of Mandalore and then. Having the mythos, why is the why does he have the mythosaur crest? Why does he have right. that? Why? Well, all I know is if, if Boba Fett taught us anything, it's that we're gonna get deep character revelations and giant moves and plot for Boba Fett in the middle of Mandalorian season right. three. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. <clears throat> yeah, that'd yeah, be interesting. Just fine now with the Mandalorian plot. That's because I really think they are gonna start start heading. You know the get with that story going back to Mandalore and that's yeah. where they could do that with Boba Fett, where they could be like, well, why are you here? You know? And he could start dipping back into his father's roots, um, the Mandalore <laughs> and, and how, what brought, what brought Boba Fett back? Cause he had alter, you know, alternate armor for a long time. Right. When he was a kid coming up. He had like a different helmet and all this other armor that he was using, um, that we saw in Clone Wars. Uh, so I want to see what brought him back. And so, I mean, I think we'll get that story. Anyways, we digress. That was a good rumination, though. <laughs> Why don't we talk about High Republic Adventures, the latest arc? Um, sure. We're, we're about to dip way into um, the High Republic uh, this and probably the next couple of episodes, too. So uh, let's buckle up.
Welcome to another, uh, probably one of the last uh, episodes of Starlight Beacon Bulletin because we are going to have to rename this segment. <laughs> Toot sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Starlight Beacon is currently underwater. Yeah, submerged. It's submerged. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll we'll keep it. We're still we're we're finishing up kind of the last remnants of the first phase, right? We still have. Yes. Uh, we have to finish up the Marvel Comics run and a couple of the books, but after that, we'll maybe come up with a new title when uh, Phase Two starts in the fall. Right. We're gonna do the High Republic Adventures yeah. arc uh, eight through thirteen. Um, yeah. Which is great. Which... But then in coming weeks, we're gonna do the High Republic arc, the main run of on Marvel of just the High Republic Marvel run. Yep. And then it's called, is it called Eye of the Storm? Yeah, there's a two-part separate miniseries. Two-part Eye of the yeah. Storm, yeah. It's the, so we'll uh, be doing that. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of the books, right? We have what? What was it? Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Alder and a Justina mm-hmm. Ireland book. They can't remember the title. Mission of. to Disaster. Yeah. So we got um, a little yeah. stragglers left. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe next week we do the books and then the week after we... Um, we finish up with the the comics and then that's like, I think we're up to date on phase two. Yeah. That'll be it until I think the fall, I think then stuff's coming out or maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, as Ben mentioned, we're going to, we're going to finish up the high Republic adventures. The last arc issues eight through 13 um, really uh, take place between books two and three of the main, of the main kind of everywhere up from the, the end of the attack on Valo to the uh, crashing of Starlight beacon. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. So uh, this, these issues are brought to you by Older, uh, Tabeo, Rodericks, Bruno, Nalti, and Wood. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And right, there's a couple other artists in there as well for yeah. different, right? Uh, Natalie, I think, was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, excellent. We actually, I think we covered the first book in this arc. Um, I think so. Yeah. On Takadana, they were, you know, the the young crew with Lula Talasova and, um, you know, Farzala, Cork, uh, Court. Um, Court and, is all time great. Yeah, yeah. Buck. Yeah. Right, Foreman yeah. Buck. Uh, oh, yeah. Buck is blood. Yeah, Torment this whole Buck. squad. Bucket is a bunch. Master blood. Buck. Yeah. They're, uh, they all get back together on Starlight. Farzala. And, yes. My favorite design. I think new. What, what do you uh, love? You mentioned this. What do you love so uh, much about Farzala? It's just design. I think it's very fantasy. It's, it mm-hmm. fits Star Wars in a really fun way. Nice. Yeah, it's got kind of like this weird, not weird, but it's got this like elfin fawn like. Yeah. Like it's, it's very interesting. It's like a pan. Yeah, yeah pan, totally. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. He's kind of an understated character in here. He doesn't, you know, he's sort of uh, ancillary. Like, we don't follow a lot of his main run. Actually, yeah, there's a couple comics ago where he he like chiefed the mission, but there, he doesn't he do a lot that. in these comics. No. But no. he's just a cool design. Just shout yeah. out to the design. Totally. So um, they go. Yeah. So in that first episode, they run off to Takadana. We meet uh, Sav, uh, and, uh, who's the Jedi on a Jedi temple down there, and of course Maz Kanata. Um, and they thwart Crix's first attack on Takadana. It was like a little softening blow by the Nihil, which apparently they're famous for. They send a small force and they sell send a large force. Yeah. Um, and they it was it was beaten back in that first in that first yeah. episode. And we essentially established these characters. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much the first there's really like two big parts of this arc. And that's the first is the attack on Takadana. Um and and during that we get a lot of Court's backstory. 
Right. This is so. This is like issue eight or nine, rather. Right. Yeah. They move on more into more about Court, and we get his his backstory there and why he wears the mask. And it turns out he was raised on Takodana, and he knows. Uh, he he he. You know, Sav took him in as a more of a son than a an adopted son than even a Padawan, but he definitely taught them in ways of the Force. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah. Court was like officially like initially dropped off at the doorstep of Maz Kanata, who was. Who was raising yeah. him right a little bit until found out he had force powers and then walked across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> dropped him off at Sav's. Right. Who, by the way, we'll move on. Sav has one of my favorite lightsaber designs I've ever seen. Wait, the, she's a dual wielding purple yes, lightsaber, right? But it's an inverted yeah. dual lightsaber, which means instead of like instead of the lightsaber blades going out, they form together to fo- form a bow staff. Yes. And then she disconnects them, which I mean. So Donatello is my favorite Ninja Turtle. That's why I have a, a big love for bow staffs. Nice. I'm also a bow staff person. Also, so cool. I'm a Matrim Cawthon fan, um, and he is also a bow wielder. He'll mm. bows beat uh, swords every day. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find the name of his species. Uh, Aloxian. Aloxian. Thank you. That is yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and- yeah. We get a lot of interesting backstory about the Eloxians. They grow up uh, on a planet that have these. Um, what are they? They're crabs. crabs. Thank you. They're giant, crabs. They're giant crab species or aliens. And the Eloxians are naturally these very aggressive species. Yeah. Uh, and part of their trials or rights is that they drop their children off to fight these crab creatures. And if they survive, they take the skull of the crab and wear it as a mask. And there's this thought that this mask helps to, to lower their aggression. And as they grow, their face expands. And eventually once it grows large enough to crack the, the shell of the, of the, of the crab that's on their face, they drop that thing and are, are ready to join society. Basically. They're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. They have a, a, it's actually like a symbiotic Mm -hmm. yet contra for trace, uh, a confrontational relationship with these crabs yeah it's it's uh pretty cool mm-hmm. um and yeah and they just wreck shops so you can imagine what a toddler toddler Eloxian is he's you, they show him ripping the arms off that massive red droid like steward yeah. droid that's there helping maz um yeah he's a little he's a little beast um but i think that's showing that he's going to be a very strong fighter and we do see that in here. He does lose his mask in an explosion, which I don't know if that counts, but I guess it does. Um, yeah. But then he's free and becomes himself. And he takes out, like, very much like Sav, that yeah. um, the opening scene of Sav from issue eight, jumping ship to ship and destroying it um, like a boss. He's he's OP. And we know from that last um, run, we covered the um, the film noir one that is just Trail of Shadows. Trail Shadows, right? Yeah, that he's he actually wounds a leveler. Yeah, which is like all right. So he's yeah, he's, he's a fighter. He is. Um, yeah, and, and, and this, unmasked his unmasking was just yeah. such a central part of this storyline and beautifully told. I just I don't know. I think Daniel Jose Alder is just doing uh, such yeah. incredible work in yeah. the adventures. Yeah. Well. And I appreciate the art telling when he loses his mask is told first person. The the scenes shift to first person. So we see it from his eyes and yeah. we see that it's really well done. Like it's really well done. You can really feel it in that. The other thing that I want to note is that during this, um, while Court is destroy- wrecking shop, 
we have Maz Kanata and Sav talking to each other. And they mentioned that, or I think, I can't remember if it's here before, but Sav mentions that he meant that, that they met Maz Kanata uh, while being undercover with the pirates at the Battle of Jedha, like over a century ago. Yep. I'm like, can we get that story, please? Right. Battle yeah. of Jedha, please. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, um, Sav is female, which I found out in this episode. Because he was like, he mentioned something about, he was like, oh, he's just a product of some corrupt old lady. And and Maz responds, which one? Force-sensitive lady. Yeah, force-sensitive lady. And they both say, and then Maz says, which one? So we get confirmation, which is already kind of known, but we get double confirmation that Maz is force-sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool they did that with Maz, actually, that... She's like she is force sensitive, but not like a force wielder. Right. There's like some differentiation there and some iteration, which is cool. Um, yeah. So that was pretty great. So we get this like great court art. He was already, I think, one of our favorite characters anyways, at least mine. He was like kind of great. And then when he loses the mask, he starts speaking broken English, too. I don't know how that works, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what that was, but it was just maybe feeling part. I think. Part of what we get is initially what he's saying is he's feeling now part of the group, right? Like yeah. he's trying to be part of this larger. Because I think part of it is that the species, especially court, doesn't trust himself around others, right? There's yeah. always this feeling of or fear of aggression. And then he feels he basically says, I have it under control. I'm good. Yeah. So now that we've had this court arc um, taken care of, we sort of switch back to Lula Talasova mm-hmm. and her relationship with Zine. Um and then, of course, uh, intimately tied up with Crix, who is Zine's friend from her planet, who is now a or like lieutenant for Lula's the friend. No, no, Zine. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Is the purple and pink temple Yeah. 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 Um, and it's really kind of this awkward relationship. It's uh, it's an interesting thing they they investigated here, where like Zine's just sort of tagging along, right? Like you can't be one of us, but you can hang. And it's like, I feel like that's a really awkward position for Zine to be in, but they keep it going. Like basically, and I remember from earlier in the series, like you can't train, but you can follow and learn. Like learn, wink, wink, because there was, um, I forget which Jedi is with them. I think it's Lula's master sort of takes her under his wing and he's like, because he says at one point when they're going into battle, he's like, remember your training. Yeah. And I mean, she doesn't have a lightsaber, but she she dual wields like DL-44s like Han Solo. Right. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that's, I don't know. It's kind of, it's an interesting thing. So then we get a lot of introspection from Lula thinking about how she has this connection to Zine and... Um, and she doesn't really know what that means for her service in the Jedi Order. Right. Yeah. And in the middle of this, um, well, actually, yeah, I mean, that's it for the kind of the first part of the arc, right? We then go back yeah. to Starlight Beacon. Uh, the The attack on Takadano has been um, thwarted for the most part. Right. And then we have a kind of a little breather. A bit, right? We have all that introspection going on with, at this point, Lula, right? We have Lula thinking about what it means to be. And then we have the great Jedi rumble race. Yeah. yeah. And now for something completely different. Yeah. 
Yeah. In the meanwhile, like between this, which is really just a race through Starlight Beacon. Uh, and as we're reminded, there are no rules. We were reminded several times. There are um, no rules. There are no rules. Um, but we do get kind of the bigger thing plot wise is in the interstitials. We get more of Crix's story. Yeah. Talking about his kind of master plan, which is like basically at the end of the day is is is, you know, quickly subverted by um i can't remember the other character's name the other nihil nihil's name oh my gosh subroto or something it's also another sub name let me i'm looking at her right now yeah subtina or something so yeah sabatina sabatina krill or something krill because it's the krill sisters yeah right krill. so it's krill so it's one oh, of the you're talking about the undercover one yeah the ones that are at, at tagadana Right, but the one that that ends up who ends up destructing and then coming back and then and then working aside yeah. beside Cricks. Right, right. And and the Krill sisters' big plan is basically just to have Cricks kill Lula or kill um, Zine. Right. right, and then for the Jedi to kill Cricks in return, which then basically shows that the Jedi are full of. Yeah. Bunk. Hooey. Yeah. Yeah. Was that? Oh, so, okay. I guess that character was both characters. All right. She's just wearing a helmet in like later ones. So, yeah. Threw me off. Um, oh, uh, Sabata is her name. Sabata. Yeah. Krill. That sounds right. Uh, I don't have her last name here, but um, yeah, that's about as the one. And yeah. There's yeah some some dealings with Cricks and he's working with someone else and she's got this whole plan that it's like yeah I know how this is gonna play out like they're not gonna be able to kill each other they're gonna take you alive and that'll be their downfall that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah we meet this um, this cool character character called Deebko. Yeah, he's got like this like air like fighter pilot mask with tentacles spilling out all over it and like a hood. And they're in these fighting pits, which is sort of sad, um, but, you know, on brand for them the hill. Right. Um, that they're there. And, um, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting characters and some. Yeah. So we get some fun the hill stuff and then completely counterpointed with the levity of this great rumble race. Right. Which we saw part of this. When we talked about Trail of Shadows, right? We saw the moment where uh, Ram runs through the right. main characters of the trail of shadows. And what's really funny is in issue 11 of this, we get the other side of that. We get the same yeah. scene told from Ram's perspective, which is kind of a nice little nod. Yeah. Ram Jamron. Yeah. That, yeah. Which is weird because I thought that would, that took place right before the explosion on starlight beacon, but then this. Yeah. And it's a little long. The timeline's a little wonky because I think the last, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. I was going to make some excuses, but it's a little, it's a little wonky for sure. Yeah, because I thought this was going to end with the explosion on Starlight and they were all going to have to like scramble off or something. But yeah, when they seem to all sort of depart or maybe I think some are left behind and that's how they get around it. But I don't know. The last scene is like them with Tormund Buck looking up at Starlight Beacon. So, right. um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they they sort of rush in later, but I think so. I think they're kind of not. Yeah, not around for that. Yeah, um, something, 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 yada, yada, yada. Come here uh, for synergy. We'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the last two issues, which is mostly about 
Crooks being captured. And and the other thing that we were talking about prior to recording is that there's a lot referenced that is happening on Corellia, right? Corellia is yeah. mentioned a lot. We see it briefly. We know that's part of Rose's plan. We know it's part of Crooks a little bit. But as often happens with this intersected synergistic storytelling, you start realizing, I started realizing going, I'm missing something. And what, what we're missing is the Midnight Horizon book by Alt Boulder. Oh, or okay, Midnight. so that, that's going to fill yeah. in some of this on career. I think that's because when I, when I was looking through, which I, which I have, but I haven't, we haven't read yet, as I looked through it, it's like the first chapter takes place in Corellia. Like, I think, right. I think it's, that's explaining what's going on there. Let's talk about that next week. Because Kovac, Vitus, and Breathe Silas are, yep. are in this too. Yeah, they're which, out there. Yeah, which is why we know that um, that Crean was left with Buck, right? Like she's yeah. left with a different master, and and that's really the crux of these last two issues of the Hierophil Adventures is the knighting of a lot of the characters we've been following for the past thirteen yeah. issues. They look a the, lot older now. I mean, you yeah. can see they're like they're they've grown up from across Phase One and now entering into Phase Two. They're like young teenagers now yeah. they're having emotions and feelings for one another even though it's yeah like romance really... is blossoming right like things yeah. that yeah i mean i i think i think i can't remember if lula says it or or not but someone mentions a year since they met mm -hmm. so that yeah. seems to be from issue one to issue 13 a year's passed in the time frame of this yeah which a lot can happen in the years of a year of a teenager yeah grant do you have any thoughts on Lula and um, Lula tell Zine. us Sor Sorrow is like one of my favorite characters and I love Zine um, I'm just excited to see more of that story continue uh, I also just I'm excited to read, Min read Midnight Horizon because I feel like that that will explain more of a kind of like the, yeah the Corellia yeah. story that you're talking about yeah definitely Definitely. I think I the other question I have really from all this is that um uh what's going on with Yoda? <laughs> yeah. The, we we didn't talk about it yeah. this time around, but there's this great panel in a, in issue eight where they're just like, I'm sure you all have questions, right? And they're like, What's going on on Valo? Is Loden Great Storm a corn husk now? And yeah. then there's like, and two people are like, can, or Farzal where, was like, Can we go find Master Yoda now? Yeah, where's Yoda? Yeah. And the yeah, other, no, no, another no. one's like, Where's Master Yoda? <laughs> Which I like I we've read all the ancillary Super material neat. unless it's in one of these two other books we haven't read. I, I also want to know where's Yoda. Like, it's just interesting. I don't know if they took him out of the if they have plans for him in phase right. two or what. Mallow, you'd think he might he'd be there. Yeah. Or they're being super careful. It's like, sorry, you can't touch Yoda because we don't know what we want to do with him. But it's weird because he has to be somewhere like you got to be doing something. So they have to have I some know. explanation. So I don't know if there's we get him in flashbacks book. and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and, and I he's I, a big. Yeah, and he's a big part of the first half of the series, right? He was on the yeah. he was on the Jedi, the Padawan ship with the with the with the Padawan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems to deal a lot more with younglings, and we see a new mm -hmm. crop of younglings come in. And there's yep. actually a touching scene with Court and another Aloxi child, yeah. and they bro down, and Farzala sees it and hangs out, and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. We don't see a lot of that, like, oh, you're my same species. Let me give you a hand like adjusting yeah. this yeah yeah but it was good to see yeah it was fun to see it was fun to see another like they obviously love court as much as we do um, 
Yeah, I did see when I was looking at Wikipedia because I was trying to figure out who were on the covers of these novels, Midnight Horizons and um, Mission to Disaster, that Yoda is is mentioned uh, and not just like a passing mention. It's like he's in those books at some point. Okay, so maybe, maybe we get some answers there, or maybe it'll be a flashback. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's pretty much the whole the whole spectrum there the full thing it went a lot of different places we had like the court issues and the lula issues she's very being very introspective and yeah so that's that's how it ends up right lula and, and the zine and cricks through line yeah yep, right zine and cricks obviously but um lula's refusal of being knighted she's like i don't think i'm ready yet yeah yeah because she's dealing with that attachment she has right yeah. to yeah to lula and what that means and and you know the romantic love that's being felt between those two characters, um, which is great storytelling. And, and I love this story. And once again, we have star star cross lovers and star Wars, right? Like, yeah, we have Lula rushing off to go try to save the day. Indeed. Um, yeah. So it'll be cool. This is a fun series. I know it's for like a younger reader audience and whatever. It's very, it's a little cutesy, but it's fun. Um, it I, is, you know, but I don't, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the age. Yeah. Cause it's obviously like, getting older. They've already like aged yeah. themselves into teenagers. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely know. like tweens, but like, but like dealing with, you know, it's, it's not dumbed down. Like I read these right. books and like it, it, it's, there's, there's, they're dealing with darkness and a little human emotions down. and a little for sure. But not like not like it's re not like reading a kid's like mm. you know no. Mickey Mouse book. No. Like it's it's they're dealing with stuff. It's definitely meant for for younger audiences, but like it's definitely still relatable. I enjoy it. Yeah. I like this. This is the best adventures run I'd read read in a yeah. long time. Because yeah. I read I read some lengthy sequel trilogy Star Wars adventure series and they were good. But yeah. Like this is I really like this. I thought Yeah, uh, the main Alder just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, agreed. The main Star Wars adventures run is hit or miss. Yeah, and, main and Star this Wars. has just been solid. Yeah. yeah. Some of yeah. is really good though. Sometimes the main Star Wars adventures run. Oh yeah. Right? There's some, some really good issues are really poppy and really fun and just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, man. All right. Well, why don't we uh call that an uh episode for us this week? Um again, next week I think we're gonna try and cover a book, maybe two books. I don't know. And then we'll probably do the other uh, High Republic comics after that. So we'll just stay in the yeah. High Republic for a while and just like yeah. catch up and, and and be here for the disaster um, at Starlight Beacon. For light in life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to us this week. Um, you know, who knows what happens next week in the in the galaxy far, far away. So we'll be here talking about it one way or the other. Thanks very much. And may this... What is it? It's the force. The force. I believe it's the force. The force I think. That's how it works. The force. Ah, the, force. the force, right. May the wills be with you. <laughs> this is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs> Well, 
I have a I have a question for it. You know, we're all all oh, this whole thing about the pillars, like what we're talking about, like the pillars of Star Wars or fuck it, you know, like we just set these things up and then you can tell whatever story you want in between. Is there actually only one way to tell Star Wars? What you do you know, mean by one way? Well, I mean, like maybe it shouldn't be played with. Maybe it should like maybe that sort of, you know, the way Lucas build these things in this sort of stony myth where it's mm-hmm. like it's a myth and it's sort of ham fisted and like, you know, like, is I that mean, the only is it should all this? There's also genres, all, like, there's genres at play. So, yeah, that's, you can make a war exactly film like Rogue One. Yeah. Or you can make a swashbuckling epic like mm-hmm. Solo. We were just talking yeah. about those right before hitting record. There's different genres to cover. I still think there's like a pulpy, it. there's a pulpy action Star Wars that hasn't been made yet, by the way. Like a Dash Rendar. There yeah. is something there that I think people would love. A kind of um, it's almost the most self-aware Star Wars. The kind of, yeah. I don't know. It could I, be really wouldn't cool. that be the next edition of the Solo verse? Like sort of yeah, Han Solo such, coming yeah. into his own and just like yeah that's why Han Solo's a great character because yeah. he can investigate that I'll I'll answer your question with a rhetorical question Ben and that is like it depends on what what, what do you want out of Star Wars and I don't mean you right but I just mean everyone because like yes if if you want Star Wars to be its truest Star Wars form which by the way I think went out the window the second you made the prequels I'm just saying like those movies to me are not at all like the original trilogy at all no um, world building again world building is the main character That's yeah i i feel like the the sequel trilogy is much closer in tone to the original trilogy than the prequel trilogy i will always argue that and i think maybe that's part of where some of the sequel stuff tripped up but i feel like i it, it depends like yeah you can keep telling those stories and those those specific way to tell the star wars stories work but you're gonna burn out real quick right so it's just like if if lucas held control of star wars and was only doing star wars we probably would have only gotten nine movies in total. And maybe the maybe the solo movie, because he promised it to Kasdan. Um, so maybe we had like yeah. 10 Star Wars movies. Solo really feels the most Lucas. Like yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, as much as Filoni is, you know, considers himself the closest with Lucas recently because he actually got a chance to work with Lucas. I mean, Kasdan worked with him much more and during, you know, while the original trilogy was being made. So I think that makes sense. It's like, I, you know, whether Larry would ever say it or not, I think he's got deeper roots into original trilogy Star Wars than anyone. Yeah, I mean, he sat with, with Lucas and told him what he thought Han's backstory was. And I feel like I feel like that's and great. You mentioned the genre thing. I feel like, again, you know, that's the point of us doing these pillar episodes are is that we like trying to identify what's at the core DNA of every Star Wars movies. And what difference is what genre you layer that on top of and how much you focus in on certain of the pillars. Like, I feel like I feel like that's the way you keep reinventing and keeping Star Wars fresh is you play around with which pillar is going to be strongest, knowing that the other pillars are still surrounding it and which genre are you going to layer on top of. And that combination allows you infinite storytelling. Yeah, yeah. That's I, mean, I just wanted to present an antithesis to the thesis I, you know, we've been presenting this whole time. Just you know what? I kind of I, I actually I actually do think there is only one way to make Star Wars, but that is by incorporating the many elements that we dictated our pillars, and we'll add more pillars to the list. But right, but and yeah, then in any order, like, obviously, yeah. Can but I guess like directorially, you know, like the way that you the actors play in it, because I'm looking, you know, we were just talking about the MCU and. Um, you know how the the variety and the 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 width of the, the variation between these movies 
It's like, I don't think we want that in Star Wars. You know, like it shouldn't be that wild. And this is going against everything I've said for 225 episodes. But, you know, it shouldn't, you know, I don't think it should be, I don't know. There's an argument to be made that, you know, it, it there shouldn't be a Quentin Tarantino Star Wars movie that's just like, you know, plucky and weird and all this stuff. Like it, it does sort of have to follow these pillars pretty closely and the and the original influences pretty yeah. closely to I the mean, a, a saga film with the crawl is a specific sort of hero's journey. Yeah, there's only mythic, one way to tell those stories. Right. You know, journey. Yeah. That uh that's only one way to do that story. Uh um, yeah. But I agree with I, I always joke about a Wes Anderson Star Wars movie, but like it's literally a joke. Like, I right. don't actually want to see that. And I love it. Wes Anderson. Um, well, well, we know Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars. Movie. Right. Like We know he can play within the boundaries. Right. Because like Thor Ragnarok is wild. But when you really watch it it still plays within the MCU pretty closely, right? It still knows what's an MC, what, what a Marvel movie is. Yeah, I think so. It doesn't feel like such a wild outlier. Um, okay, thanks for humoring me. No, you're welcome. Yeah, there are many genres to entertain, too. Like, you can yeah. do... There's a, you know, people want to lean more horror. People want to lean more action. People want to lean more like comedy. Like, uh yeah, I think I'd like to see that because it's. I don't want to just see the same movie over and over again. Same with the MCU, right? That's why, you know, the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is uh, was so refreshing because it like it didn't it didn't it didn't feel like it fell into the same yeah. MCU tropes that you know that they've established over and over again. It was definitely a storytelling outlier and was like genius writing and. Right. Yeah. We were even talking about like you know like fighter pilots like. We would love a show that's X-Wing pilots, you know, if that, yeah, is that if that is what Rangers of the New Republic was, right? Or even uh, Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Squadron, yeah, Rogue yeah. Squadron, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, I I think we'll get there. I think what's interesting is, you know, there's been a lot of debate online about Mandalorian versus Boba Fett, right? In terms of like the storytelling. I, I, those those shows are very very similar in tone. I think two things. One thing that separates them is length, as we talked about quite a bit. So I won't you know belabor that point. But one's more ponderous, which is Boba Fett, and one's more serial of the week, which is which is The Mandalorian. I, like part of me is just like, yes, I want diversity in storytelling and also diversity in settings. Like I am really looking forward to Obi Wan. You know what I'm not really looking forward to? The desert. The, the, the Tatooine. The, Oh, Tatooine. Tatooine. Yeah. Like, and I love Tatooine, but I'm like, I'm good. I'm good if we don't see Tatooine. Like, I remember talking with you, you guys and being like, I don't want him ever to leave Tatooine. Remember I said that about uh, about Obi-Wan? Well, now well, I want him don't to you leave think, in episode one. Well, I believe he, I think he is going to leave. I hope so. Honestly. I, I can't do another to... six episodes on Tatooine. I'm sorry. I just can't do I know, it. I know Joel Edgerton is back as Owen Lars, and I imagine Obi's going to go to Owen and be like, I got to go check on this jedi uh i'll be back yeah like watch I, over the boy yeah i think you're right i think part of what i'm kind of getting at is i, I feel like I, but I, owen's I want... not going to be able to do it he can't he can't defend no. him from... i want star wars to be a little braver in the storytelling without going too out there yeah i think that's that's the happy medium there right yeah. The thing that I'm looking forward to in Obi-Wan is, you know, that chest that uh, Obi-Wan reaches into and grabs uh -huh. up. 
uh yeah anakin skywalker uh, anakin's uh lightsaber and hands it mm-hmm. there's gonna be some awesome things in there i want qui-gon's yeah. lightsaber maybe yoda's lightsaber like his old armor from the clone wars like i, I want to see all that stuff um, yeah i want to see inside that chest and like for a good frame or seven i mean also if we spend like six episodes in that in that area of tattooing i'm fine yeah <laughs> like there right. could be six episodes He's... in his uh in his hut I know. I really want to investigate his hut like big time. I want yeah. to see what goes on there. All right. Awesome. Uh, shall we start this thing? Uh, sure. <laughs>